0: Welcome to episode two of uh, the Shift Drink Podcast with Arthur Black and myself, Edward DeSell, and today we have Aaron Hayes from Aviation Gin and House Spirits in general and Lost Lake in Chicago, at least for the time being. (laughs) That's right. Um, So uh, you're in town for a cocktail event called Swirl?
1: Yes, I am. I believe it's the Southern Wine and Spirits slash Glaciers Spirit Showcase.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, Arthur and I were talking last night, and I think we are going to start every episode with the same question uh, being, what did you drink last night? Oh,
1: <laughs> what didn't I drink last night? No. Um, <laughs> we, we popped around to lots of awesome spots here in Indy. Um, I had lots of delicious aviation drinks. Where'd you go? Uh, I went to Libertine, and I had a fantastic Aviation Aviation, which uh, is served to be more than most drinks yeah Uh, i I bet yeah i bet um had some fantastic drinks at marrow um they're using they were using some cool techniques yeah steve's doing some crazy stuff over there it was awesome it was one of the prettiest drinks had an incredible blue drink over at rook ah the blue ivy it's so good and it's a beyonce Beyonce, reference it's like it's like it was made for me it was so good um, it
0: probably was technically made for you. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and then we stopped at Teeny. We came back here to Thunderbird. Um, we went over the Brass Ring. We were just all over the place.
2: Excellent. Yeah, yeah not a lot of great places around
0: here now. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We talked about that in our last episode. Yeah. Um, the Mixture episode. So please revisit our website or download that episode, and you can hear a little bit about Indianapolis' growing cocktail scene. Um, so I guess let's start...
2: With well, hold on, man. What did you drink yeah. last night? Oh, what did I drink
0: last night? Yeah, this um, is a round
2: table thing, man.
0: Uh, I had gimlets, actually, aviation gimlets. I was, it was on the mind um, because we were going to be sitting here with Aaron today. So, yeah, uh, I, as many people know, I my go to is typically a daiquiri, so it's not much of a hop, skip, and a jump over to a gimlet. So, uh, aviation works really well with that for me. Kind of feel left
2: out. I didn't, I didn't drink any gin last night, yo. What did you drink today? What we uh, fixed that fix today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had a bottle on the table, but I think it disappeared. <laughs> strange how that happens. In <laughs> places like that, uh, like this, uh, which we're at Thunderbird right now, uh, an awesome spot, and then you get cocktails. Um, Note, they're not open for lunch. Um, we're just we're special. We know people. Yeah, we're so yeah. a choice today. Full
0: disclosure, I'm a partner here.
2: Um, <laughs> shameless plug, but um, no, I had um, I just had a bottle of red wine, the Rioja. Um, fine decent oxidatively handled enjoyable traditional then i finished off with cask proof grower cognac so rough life yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah 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 Uh, you know late morning a little bit to say (laughs) yeah well a lot of mine are the same way but we
0: can all relate absolutely um i wanted to talk with aaron a little bit because uh you are currently at lost lake um in chicago fantastic one of my favorite bars in the country
1: mine too I
0: mean, it's it's a beautiful space. What Paul has accomplished there in such a short amount of time is amazing. Award-winning. Uh, did you make t- 50 best bars last 100. year or top hundred?
1: Top hundred last. Top hundred. I mean, Ho- that's hoping for that again this year. It's a year
0: old. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah. And I know you have an amazing team. Um, obviously, uh, very rum-centric. You know, as most tiki drinks are. But uh, every time I'm up there and you are behind the bar with me, you are serving me gin um, tiki drinks. So. I don't know, Um, show me, or let me know a little bit about how you made that jump from, you know, working in a very rum-centric place to not only, uh, you know, being interested in gin, but actually going all in with aviation.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I've been in the business for a really long time, and when I first started, I was pouring draft beers and and shots and, you know, popping Bud Lights and Jager bombs at corner bars, and, um, you know, I worked at Disney, I worked at TGI Friday, so I had a lot of corporate background. Um, but never really understood or or even cared about spirits because it was just about getting the drink out or the beer out to my guests as fast as I could and making money. Um, and I went into restaurant management after I finished college and decided after four or five years of uh, restaurants owning my life that I was going to go back to bartending and really like dive into it and learn. Um, and the first, first couple of things that really captivated me were green chartreuse. <laughs> um, which I'm not allowed to drink anymore, um, and and gin, um, and then very shortly after that rum. But uh, gin was always like kind of my go-to. Um, the variety of it was always really interesting to me. Like you could taste one and taste another, and they can be completely different, just from using you know maybe one or two different botanicals. Um, and so, like, the idea of using that in cocktails was really fascinating to me. Um, and the martini was something that I was like, What do you mean it doesn't have apple pucker in it? That's not a martini, you know? Like,
2: that's Ed's favorite.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. If I, if I can't get a good apple teeny, I just walk right here. back out. But
1: it was, you know, it was the Discovering Gin for me was kind of that aha moment where I was like, Oh my God, spirits are so cool, and I don't know anything, and I have a lot of work to do.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, I would have assumed uh, just because of your where you are now that that rum would might have been. That. Rum
1: was definitely up there, but you know, even even when I started doing cocktails eight, mm-hmm. eight years ago, um, rum was Ooh, that still was tough times. Yeah, it was still most of your bars, even your fancy cocktail bars, still had like a Sailor Jerry or Captain yep. Morgan and um, Malibu, and people just associated those flavored um, products with. What rum is so? It wasn't until a couple couple years later uh, that I really started tasting some good rums. I think El Dorado was the first thing that was very eye opening for me, Um, where we sat a group of bartenders sat down with Stephanie from uh, El Dorado and tasted through their whole line, and I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. And then you can see a definite shift if you look back at my past menus, like where I started to go into rum a whole lot more. Uh, There was almost always a tiki drink or a nod to a tiki drink on my menu. Started doing stirred rum drinks where I was replacing bourbon or uh, uh, scotch even with a rum. Um, and it, it kind of just snowballed from there. Well, there's a long
0: history of Jen being integrated into Tiki drinks. Definitely. I mean, going back quite a ways. Well, yeah. I,
2: got, I got to jump in here. One, why'd you stop drinking chartreuse?
1: <laughs> uh, it's uh, it, it takes me to a dark place There's very quickly. There's got to be a story
2: there. Yeah, okay. and, you know,
1: it was like I, I went through this phase where all I was drinking was sparkling wine and green chartreuse. And <laughs> that's
2: awesome. It that was, is awesome. It that's
1: was great until it wasn't great, and I was like, oh, my God, these hangovers are crippling. I can't do it anymore. I was like, yeah, that's because yeah, I'm that green chartreuse but and sparkling like, wine all the time.
2: With all the time I spend with tequila and mezcal and all that stuff, people are always like, oh, I can't do tequila. I had a bad experience with it. And I'm like, nah, tequila had a bad experience with you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, know. don't get but, me wrong. I still, I still drink green chartreuse. I have a, a chartreuse <laughs> tattoo somewhere on my back.
2: So you do. Sure you do. All right, sure but, do. Uh, All right. Just, I, I have a, the Egyptian god of wine and blood and wine press on my back. Ed, alcohol tattoos. What do you got going on?
0: <laughs> I have the Muppets tattooed on my back. Okay. There was no drinking involved when I made that decision. We all
2: got to come clean. The Muppets, you know, the backstage, there's plenty of hookers and blow going around. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Hey, one of the greatest films
0: uh, is a spoof of the Muppets. And um, little known film by Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame. He did a um, film called Meet the Feebles, which was a spoof of The Muppet Show. And there is plenty of debauchery. It's (laughs) definitely not a children's movie. So check it out. Meet the Feebles, Peter Jackson you'll never look at Lord of the Rings the same. Have either
2: of you seen the YouTube video of Kermit the Frog Hurt? No. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so it's Kermit the Frog and it's it's played uh the, the background music is Johnny Cash's version of Hurt by yeah. Nine Snails. And he's like Shooting up and doing coke oh and like you know looking in when they when they say all my friends go away he like looks at a picture of Jim Henson and then he's like, he's blowing the dog piano player to get money and cranking off to Miss Piggy I mean it, it is so wrong on so many levels you know to take this icon that we all kind of grew up with you know I hurt myself today.
1: I don't know if I can handle watching that I don't
0: know no, if you... I can handle listening to Arthur do a coming to the frog impression all right
2: man whatever no <laughs> I don't do impersonations.
0: <laughs> no, I was. We were talking about things that we don't do. So I, my first introduction t- was Jen or two gin, was literally my uh, best friend uh, from high school. We've been friends for I don't know a couple decades now. Yeah. Uh, but he took to buying gin, cheap gin at that, because we didn't have any money. But As you do. Um, because no one would steal his booze. So they would come over and they wanted vodka or whiskey or whatnot. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. All I have is gin. And no one would drink it uh, because they didn't like that juniper note um, there. So me being the beggar that I was at 19, 20, 21 years old, I was like, I can get accustomed to anything.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: but of course, you know, as with anything, you start off just by doing it for whatever reason. But after you do it long enough, you actually develop a palate for it and you really figure out what it is that you like and. Mm What you don't like and what's quality and what's not. For and, sure. My yeah. first
1: my first experience with gin, I was uh, very underage going to school in Chicago, um, downtown at DePaul. And we went to a bar with our fake IDs, our brand new freshly pressed fake IDs, straight out from under the iron or whatever. <laughs> um, and then uh, decided that since we were feigning to be grown ups at this point, that we were going to order dirty martinis straight mm. up. Hmm. Um, and at this point... at this bar which was actually called the gin mill Uh, so we thought it was appropriate to order it with gin and it was just god awful I'm sure they were using like Barton's gin something you know rail and just shaken with old olive juice it was just the most vile thing I've ever tasted and I did not go back to gin for many many years and then when I finally started doing cocktails again and tasted things like the aviation and the last word I was like oh my god this makes sense now
0: I gave up sniffing glue a long time ago (laughs) That's not true at all. Just because people can't see your face. <laughs> and by gave up, I mean, last right. Um, no, I think since we've been talking about Jen, and we definitely know that there's listeners out there that um, maybe have misperceptions, like as we have just kind of strengthened that notion by yeah. saying, you know, oh, Jen's this terrible, you know, juniper laden spirit that most people don't want to drink. But that's a lot has changed. In the last decade um, with gin. And, you know, I think it would be, it might help them out quite a lot to just understand what is gin.
2: Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot of high quality gins out there, but to to touch back again on something that was mentioned earlier, you're talking about how awesome spirits can be. And yeah, spirits definitely can be awesome. They have a historical lineage going back thousands and thousands of years, and there's no shortage of richness in terms of the historical stories behind gin. So if we can, I don't know, define gin and then kind of go down that path, because there's some really cool stories about right. gin and, and the like the
1: the life cycle of gin, uh,
2: the, the drunken epidemic in oh, the 18th yeah. century in London, and yeah, I and mean, crazy stuff happening there. So absolutely, all right, gin defined.
1: Gin defined. So I think that the most simplistic way of defining gin is to say that it is neutral grain spirit that is flavored. By botanical elements, whether that is um, citrus peel or herbs or root, um, but heavily juniper back a juniper backbone essentially. Um, so juniper
0: is where a lot of people get that pine tree kind for of note, sure. right?
1: Um, but it's also what contributes a good amount of brightness, um, depth. It strengthens the other flavoring elements, um, but definitely it's that it's that big um, pine in your face that you get from from London dry is is what Juniper is coming through um,
2: Juniper is a diuretic right
1: it is it's a uh, but it's all yeah and it's got a long medicinal history as well hence
2: the inception of yes or the, the genesis of gin with yeah. 17th I, century Dr. Silvius and all that stuff
1: and they were burning uh, Juniper branches to Was Dr. Dr. Silvius one lady. of the
2: characters in the
0: Planet of the Apes <laughs> no that was Dr. Zaius sorry was it the the, the the orange orangutan? Yeah, yeah right.
2: Oh no, that was that was Trump. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry there.
1: It's all good. Need to go back to the. Um, but yeah, to touch on what you said uh, in the in the last ten years, the I guess the modern rebirth of gin has really uh, happened. Um, we went from only seeing those big bold. Um, intensely flavored uh, citrusy juniper bombs of London Dry, which are great and, you know, never going to go away and never should because they're delicious and they're um, necessary for cocktails and diversity in the spirit. Um, But we've seen a growth in what is called New Western Gin, um, which is an American style, um, a lot less juniper forward in most cases and a little more balanced among the different botanicals.
0: So as you just said, so... um House Spirits, the makers of Aviation Gin, um, is an American company yes. based out of Portland.
1: Portland. Yes. Portland, Oregon. I
0: was there about a month ago, and I drove by, and I was like, oh, wow, look, there's House Spirits yeah. right there. It's literally just right there in the middle of the city.
1: Yeah. We were produced at a tiny, tiny little uh, distillery space um, on Distillers Row uh, for almost 10 years. And we actually, actually it was 10 years. And in our 11th year, we opened this monster, gorgeous, beautiful um high-volume distillery. Um, and that, that's mo- mostly so that we can maintain the quality of our production but increase it. Um, and we do a lot of other really cool spirits. Um, and now we have the room to lay things down in barrels and, and have a warehouse for that kind of the stuff and, and new projects and fun things that our distillers are playing around with.
0: So, the, well, House Spirits, I mean, the story I keep hearing over and over again is, that the, so they are purportedly the first... Um, partnership between a bartender and a distiller um, I
1: think that we know of for sure right. and, and well see documented that, yeah you see that everywhere now and I think it's so cool because you're able to develop spirits that bartenders want to use right um, and that are not only you know great in cocktails but probably more cost-effective because people are thinking the people that are producing it are thinking about who's going to be using it and why um,
0: is it true that they met at a tiki party
1: uh you know that uh, there is that is that lore I think that is true, but Christian, our our master distiller, Christian, um, he was making these like cool seasonal gins, like variations, and he was just playing around with different botanicals and kind of peddling his wares to different restaurants and bars in Portland, um, and and he met Ryan, and Ryan tasted, it, and I believe it was at a tiki bar, a tiki party, um, and Ryan was he is a prolific bartender and um, has run and owned and managed a lot of countless bars on the West Coast and internationally, um, and he was like oh my god this is this is amazing like this is so cool that you can take something that is so tightly defined in the london dry category and and change it just a little bit and make something totally different um and that's when they got together and decided to make the the perfect um gin for classic gin cocktails like the aviation and and the last word and that's where we get the name aviation
0: absolutely aviation is one of my favorite uh cocktails period across the board so what's the build on aviation
1: so you've got well the way we make it uh, two ounces of gin traditionally aviation in, in my <laughs> house uh, three quarter ounce of lemon um, a half ounce of simple syrup quarter ounce of Luxardo maraschino and a bar spoon of uh, creme de violette you can make it without the violette too it adds a component a flavor component that some people are not a fan of I like it and I, I do
2: too it makes, and it, makes it sure makes it look sexy yeah, it does yeah, yeah. Mm, there you have it kids go order an aviation absolutely. <laughs> No, gin's, it's, it's, it's a great spirit. Um, a lot of refreshing cocktails, a lot of, um, you know, obviously aromatic cocktails. So anybody that digs on the clear spirits thing and I haven't maybe gotten over into the, the dark spirits thing or, you know, really, really boozy, darker Manhattans and things like that, um, check out your gin-based cocktails. Go get some fizzes. Get yeah. some eggs in, the, in your drinks. Protein, yo. Yeah, yeah.
0: I just don't order one when it's, uh, the bartender is completely uh, backed up. Yeah. You order that gin fizz that takes uh, 10 minutes to make. Yeah, But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, you're, I think you're seeing a resurgence now of, like, you know, spirits, and a, a large part, in my opinion, because of the craft distilling movement, um, that are non-aged. You know, I mean, you're starting to A lot to of see those your, guys got to get started with exactly, something. Exactly, so, right. You know, the so, you can start off gins. Absolutely. Um, the white whiskey thing, I'm, I'm ecstatic that went away. Yeah. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> that, right. I mean, it just seemed like a... A very fast shortcut to try to get some money in the coffers.
2: To the the whole moonshine, white whiskey, white dog thing. Um, look, man, corn is a great base ingredient because it has the highest yield of actual ethanol. So, out of wheat and rye and all these things, it you know you get a bucket of wheat and a bucket of corn, you're going to get more booze. But why do we age bourbon so that we taste the wood? Because corn-based ethanol by itself it really isn't that delicious. Um, that being said, white spirits. I did try, uh, and this is kind of kooky, um, 100% like all sustainable, organic, uh, farm-to-bottle, um, rye-based French whiskey. Um, that was actually really badass. It was really good recently. Um, so there are some things out there. Oh, there's always exceptions. Always, there's always, al- always
0: outliers, and yeah. you know, but yeah, you know, I fully support anybody doing, you know, getting out there doing it. Accomplishing what they can and getting better at the craft because there really is no better way to do it than to just do it.
1: Absolutely. And there are some incredible, incredible American distilleries that are doing great gins, like great gins. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see, you know, when you walk into a place and you see on the back bar, like your traditional staples, your beef eater, your Tanqueray, Hinderts which are awesome. And- um, and then, and then you know, you have these newer brands that are now becoming iconic, like Aviation or Ford's Gin, which is you know London Dry style, um, but made in a modern modern way.
2: So, what's uh, what's your gin priced at? What's Aviation retail at?
1: You know, it's a little different in different markets, but I think it's around twenty six dollars a bottle of retail.
2: Yeah, that's that's good. That's completely doable. I mean, some some gins are kind of
0: getting up there, and a lot of times you're paying for the packaging, which. Speaking thereof, Aviation Gin has a beautiful package. It's,
1: it's meant to really stand out on the shelf.
2: It does. It's a very... Where are some places around town, from a retail perspective, retailers that might carry it where people could get it?
1: You know, that is a really good question. I only work on premise, so I can tell you all the great uh-huh. cars in Indianapolis to go get drinks at, but I unfortunately couldn't tell you about the liquor stores. I'm
2: assuming places that have good sets, Big Reds Absolutely. and Crowns and sure. all those those places would likely have them, I'm sure sure and look on a, look for it on the shelves wherever
0: you're listening from but uh, it's the beautiful tall art deco bottle yeah. Um, it's just a very, very sexy bottle. Do you have any info on how that was uh, the bottle design was conceived?
1: So we, we upset quite a lot of folks because for uh, a long time we were using just a regular 750 clear wine bottle, mm-hmm. um, which is great in the well, and it's easy to grab and all of that stuff, but it doesn't really stand out on the shelf. Doesn't pop. Um, now, this bottle we did design with bartenders in mind. Um, it fits in a well sideways, and it has a rounded back, so you can put a round bottle next to it. Um, but it's got a little bit of a shorter neck, so people have a hard time finding that sweet spot on where to grab it. Um, but mm. it, once you figure it out and you, you're used to it, it works just fine. And um, and it's again, it's beautiful on the shelf. Like I can spot it from mm-hmm. a mile away in pretty yeah. much any bar.
2: Sweet spot, where to grab it? <laughs> <laughs> have you figured that out yet, Arthur? Uh, just too easy. <laughs> Setting them up. Not in other him words, down.
0: no, he has not. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, so these. You talked about the botanicals, so yeah. we're talking neutral grain spirit.
1: Yep, we are 100% um, non-GMO corn neutral spirit.
0: So, But you, you and I have spoken about gin at aviation in particular at length before, um, and the botanical blend that uh, aviation uses is a little bit different. Um, yeah. There's a couple of botanicals in there. Um, that you don't often see in other gins. Yep. and So you want to talk a little bit For about... For sure. So
1: we're definitely going to... We have a, a juniper backbone. So it's you're going to taste that juniper and smell the juniper. Um, but we wanted something that would play really nicely in a variety of cocktails. So you're talking about cocktails with citrus um, that are bright and, and sparkly. And then you're talking about those um, more spiritous, uh, like boozy, stirred cocktails. Um, so our two very uh, original kind of botanicals are Indian sarsaparilla which gives it like a beautiful sweet round almost like a cola vanilla uh flavor and aroma note and then uh lavender which adds obviously the floral character and um it it's just it's magic watching people smell aviation for the first time because you're one of two people you're the person that picks up that sarsaparilla first or you're the person that picks up the lavender first um, and then playing with that in cocktails and seeing how diverse you can make cocktails with this one single spirit has been really awesome for me for the last three years.
0: I'm very sensitive to the lavender note. Yeah. And, and wine and spirits, it's the first thing that I smell. It's not something that I am particularly enamored with. Um, wines that exhibit a very strong lavender uh, aroma, I just. Des- Turn my nose up, but yeah. mm, uh, aviation it. is definitely an exception. It's, yeah, it's it's not overpowering, which I very often find lavender to be an overpowering element. A hundred percent. It just to me it smells like my grandmother's purse.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it reminds me of an eye pillow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Well, in your, uh, yoga, the little eye pillows usually they have a little lavender in them.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, we, in the other thing is that it's really balanced. So it's not just like, they're not just carelessly putting in a boatload of lavender to make a very floral gin. It's balanced with, you know, a lot of traditional, uh, botanicals. You have your citrus peel, you have coriander, you have green cardamom. Um, so it's, you know, you're going to have those notes of that very, um, interesting and different kind of nose than you're going to have on a different, on another gin. Um, but they all play really well together and, and it creates a really beautiful balanced spirit.
0: The you,
2: sarsaparilla thing's cool. Well, that's I, what I was going to say. So a lot that's, of gins, that's not like a staple, no. right?
1: I mean, you do, you get a lot of root in in right. uh, gins. You get orris root. You get Angelica. You, you know, Cassia. Uh, so roots and barks kind of all incorporate that, like, richness um, and that round and, like, sweet cola vanilla flavors um, and aromas. But the sarsaparilla is definitely uh, different. I don't think I know of any other gin that's using it. Yeah,
0: and I mean, what's the, do you know the difference between Indian sarsaparilla? I think and it's just what? a
1: richer, uh, more intensely okay. uh, flavored and aromatic version of sarsaparilla. But that note specifically for me, you can pick it up so much more when you're doing cocktails with like a, a vermouth or an Amaro. Um, it just like Makes connects sense. and helps that the helps yeah, all. Yeah, I can see it's how it really, would give it lift to that really really particular aromatic. Yeah. I, that's why I love a Martinez with aviation because like that, it plays off that sweet vermouth, especially if you're using something that has an intense cola flavor like a Punta Mes or a Carpano, um, and it just, it's, like, beautiful.
0: So for the average consumer that's out there, you know, that really doesn't know a damn thing about gin, they come in to a bar, which I would recommend. If you, you know, before you spend the 26 bucks if you're unsure if you're going to enjoy it and you don't want to let it sitting collecting dust at home, you want to check it out, you go into a bar, you see aviation on the on the shelf, or you ask your bartender if they have aviation gin. How would you recommend uh, a, a newbie to, to trying it if for the first time?
1: I honestly, I love, love, love an aviation gimlet. It's like you were talking about gimlets last night. It it makes all of the, the aromatic ingredients really shine. Um, you get to taste that it's really balanced and it's not going to be that juniper bomb or that citrus bomb. Um, and you can even take it one step further and make one of my absolute favorite cocktails with Aviation is a side. You just throw a little bit of mint in that tin when you're shaking it up. Um, okay. So
2: for people listening, um, the builds on like what goes yeah, into a gimlet, what goes simple, into simple
1: classic sour build. So you do two ounces of your base spirit in this case Aviation gin, one ounce of lime juice, one ounce of simple syrup, and you can tweak that to taste. You can make yours mm-hmm. drier or a little sweeter or whatever whatever you prefer. But that's uh, across the board usually a good a good ratio for making sours.
0: It's always a good way to taste test uh, any gin, I think. You know, I mean, it's the same, the daiquiri test, right? Which is the same yeah. build. You're just using rum, uh, rum, lime juice, and, and, and a, sugar. A sugar. So it's a good way to taste different gins and actually be able to tell the difference between them.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: there's a touch of sweetness that I, that I get out of the aviation yeah, gin, which I, I think works really well in a gimlet.
1: Yeah, and I think that a lot of that is a perceived sweetness from the, the uh, sarsaparilla. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, it. I mean, I, I love a gimlet with pretty much any gin um, because it, like I said it really does all the botanicals really sing when you mix them with citrus um, so like for a very citrusy gin like a Tanqueray 10 I love a gimlet with Tanqueray 10 it's like bright and and.
0: oh Arthur's um, drinking my gin I'm <laughs> smelling he's it he's been sitting over here drinking a glass of what is that? Is that it's blended? Something
2: green. It's kale and like cilantro. I hate kale, and... man. No, I'm, I'm... But you know there's kale in there. No, Look at the color it's of that. Spinach or something, man. It's it's, it's, it's kale. It got from a juice bar. <laughs> you got it from a juice bar. You're telling it's me there's not bar. kale in it?
1: He's he's actively ignoring the fact that there's kale in it.
2: He's, he's kale in it. Uh, yes, I, uh, you're come putting come it out of his mind. No, I don't understand the kale thing. Like be, it, be real if real with Oprah yourself. talks about it. Dr. Phil eat kale, okay? um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, It's not my my favorite green, but uh, maybe there's some in there. It's better in a liquid form. Well, I'm now
0: damn near out of my cocktail because Arthur just sucked it all down.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, right. Blame it on me.
0: (laughs) Well, Um, I mean... No to good. be fair, we have to be drinking aviation as we talk. We about We
1: have to. It. I mean, it's, I'm feeling like a million bucks now. You know what
0: we really need? Because I'm I'm sitting here scratching my arms. I was on the patio of one of our restaurants last night and I got eaten by mosquitoes. Oh, mosquitoes love me. Yeah, me too. Um, and I have a mild allergic reaction to mosquito bites. So Eat I more really garlic. Big welts, but. Did you see the news last week where they were talking about uh, tonics, right? Um, it could help repel mosquitoes for Zika.
1: Oh, I should. Did you see this? Gold. It's, I should be just golden. It's
0: the quinine and, and the <laughs> tonic. Yeah. That's it's, amazing. It's because the tonic, uh, the quinine actually makes your blood less attractive to the mosquitoes. So you can combat Zika.
1: So forget with... everything I said about the gimlet <laughs> and everybody go out and drink gin And drink genitonics.
0: Genitonics. So it's, it's, a, it's It's from the CDC. They no it's not really but <laughs>
1: amazing. we are going to put
0: this out here right now unofficially the cdc says drink genotonic so it's the opposite for insects
2: versus people like the more genotonics you have the more attractive people look <laughs> right, and the more right. genotonics have the, the less attractive right. the bugs find you it's a win-win it is I
0: think absolutely
2: so. I think so. <laughs> up to a certain point <laughs> everything yeah, in moderation uh, yeah, I
0: mean, it was it was a really interesting story because uh, well, I mean, I, I when I was in Martinique in March, March, yes, um, the Zika warnings had oh, just yeah. gone out and we practically ignored them because at that point nobody really knew what it was. Yeah, or like I so I googled, you know, there was the signs in the airport and yeah. like I googled Zika and it's like you might get flu-like symptoms for a week, and that'd be about it. I'm like, oh, pfft, I don't care, whatever. I can deal with like a flu-like symptom for a week. Yeah. Then we come home and it's like, oh no, it's way worse than yeah. we thought it was. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually, hey.
1: I'm going to Puerto Rico next week to launch aviation in Puerto Rico. Oh, cool. Uh, and they are in a national state of emergency on the island because they have over 11,000 confirmed cases of Zika. So good thing I'm not planning on procreating ever. Yeah, right, but, right. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a little a little bit terrifying.
0: Actually, that Zika story about the genotonic thing came out of Miami because there was a there is a warning in Wynwood. Uh, yeah, and I did saw you see that. that? Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. wow, we were just there. Yeah, like, we were,
2: uh, and I'll, I'll be back there in a couple of weeks. But I don't think it really, I don't really it affects dudes that much, right?
0: Um, it I, it is transferable. transferable. Yeah, transferable. yeah. or it's, transmittable. It's, thank you. Yeah. That's what, uh, right.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I don't think like I don't think
0: you want to transfer it. Like, hey, would you like some Zika?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will. You can give
0: transmit you, it. <laughs> I will give you
2: a Zika for a hamburger today. Um. No, I, I decided I didn't. I was under the impression that it doesn't really screw that much up with guys. Yeah. But then again, I'm but again, they really still following. don't.
0: But they don't know what the hell
2: is going on with it yet,
0: really.
1: And they don't know how long it lives in your system, and
2: right.
0: It's
1: pretty pretty crazy. That's so I'll be scary. drinking all of the gin and tonics yes. on the island of Puerto keep, Rico. Keep next
0: the tonics, week. yeah. So you're rolling out in Puerto Rico. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, we are international now, which is incredible. Um, uh, Brooke Arthur, our director of uh, education, is. All over the world
0: Brooke is my spirit animal She's
1: she's pretty much the best She is amazing Um, But so yeah We're finally in Puerto Rico um, I've got some great friends uh, Mia Leach Who just moved to Puerto Rico From Chicago Is opening a tropical bar Don't call it a tiki bar Called Jungle Bird um, Cool Actually this week and Oh gonna, wonderful We're going to go down there And do a cute little takeover there with her um, And then we're going to go hang out at La Factoria Which is consistently on the World's 50 best bar list And I'm so so excited to go check it out
0: I think it's um, time that we uh, do a remote from Puerto Rico, yeah. Arthur. Yeah.
1: We'll set you up. If there's board anyone board. out there
0: that's got expense accounts that they uh, <laughs> don't get double checked. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not looking at you. Mm, no, not at all. Just don't no. look at me either. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's uh, so you're going down to launch it. So I know you handle kind of the Midwest um, and education and on premise accounts, which for those of you that aren't in the uh, restaurant or bar industry, on premise means uh, the people that actually sell it uh, via cocktail to you. Yes. um, Versus off premise, which would be liquor stores.
2: You drink on premise or you drink off premise. So off is retail, grocery stores, uh, wine shops wherever you're buying stuff and taking it at home
0: i'm really proud of arthur up to this point right now because uh he has yet to refer to anybody as an account
2: <laughs> yeah I'm, i suck at that arthur I, works
0: in the distribution end of alcohol and so he refers to people as accounts which oh, is yeah. really really
2: warm and uh <laughs> inviting
1: yeah people get all warm when you call them
2: an account yes yeah. uh, a lot of my peers are like dude restaurants and bars it's not an account okay, whatever <laughs>
1: You did a good I'm job. Guilty. job. I'm you guilty. didn't I'm guilty do it. the same thing when we're talking. When I go to a different market, which is actually a city, market. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I have to go uh, do account visits. How many markets like, no. you? In? I'm uh, currently I do Milwaukee, Indianapolis, and Chicago, um, but I will be branching out a little bit and doing Fort Wayne and Madison as well. Um, and I'm going to take some trips up to Toronto. Uh,
2: for Fort Wayne, Wayne you got to check out the Golden.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, Aaron Butts'
2: new place. Yeah. yeah. Aaron. They're yeah. badasses. Um, I haven't been there yet either. I feel bad. I was there I'm, a couple of weeks ago sure uh, for brunch. Amazing. I've yeah. heard
1: nothing but really good things. So yeah, am yeah, excited to check that out.
2: Serious chops. He's he's a great dude. Awesome. A lot of talent. Um, I need to actually I need to give him a call about some other stuff. Um, so you're la- you are
1: launching Brooke, um, uh, Brooke, with and Brooke and I, down in uh, Rico? as well as Christine Wiseman, who is our brand ambassador in LA, and Paul Johnson, who's our Florida brand ambassador. Um, unfortunately, Paul will probably take the reins on Puerto Rico. Uh, that though, was my next question. Even I though I definitely threw my hat in for that, cause yeah, sure. Who doesn't want to go to Puerto Rico once a month or once every other month? Um, but yeah, it's it's always fun when we can kind of travel together. Uh, the whole team usually doesn't get together other than Tales of the Cocktail, or um, the now defunct Portland Cocktail Week. So it's always nice when. We what week happened week. to Portland Cocktail Week? They just changed it to a different format and they're doing it in multiple cities now. Um, it's I called, like the it's new format. Bar Institute which I think is great because they're able to reach a much broader audience um, of people that might not have been able to take 4 or 5 6 days off from their jobs. Uh, well, right, and forward. travel to the Pacific
0: yeah. Northwest, my favorite part of the country. I yeah. absolutely love going to Portland, Seattle, yeah. um but the, uh, the traffic in Portland can get quite insane. Yeah. Uh it's just it's really a pedestrian and cycling town, yeah. you know. And it's when tough. you're in cars, it's yeah. it gets to be quite challenging to yeah. get around and
1: it's also you know it's tough to expect people to be able to you know come up from a market a city that's very, very <laughs> far away you know like you have people coming from the east coast all the way over to the west coast for a cocktail convention it's it's right. tough right so i think it's really cool what lush life is doing with uh with bringing it city to city they're still doing one in portland which i will be there for because any excuse to go to portland really uh, sure um it's an amazing town but yeah uh you know it's it's always really cool for us to get to travel or um go to a different city together um, which is one of the perks of our our program is once we sell into 10 accounts and get on 10 menus you get a bonus and that's basically a trip with brooke which is the best like i said she's my spirit animal <laughs> yeah we had a heart-to-heart
0: donna martinique i mean she's the most positive amazing person if you have any sort of negativity in your body at all and you are with Brooke you're going to feel very bad about yourself for not being as amazing as she is. <laughs> she
2: is pretty awesome. Did we meet her down in Miami Fest?
0: You have not met Brooke, well not in Miami. Um I don't know where you might have a Rome I mean, Fest in Miami. Yeah, no. Uh she wasn't there. I No, I don't you might have. I mean she's everywhere. Yeah. And everyone knows her because you she's very charismatic and fun to be around, so you know anyone that's crossed her path (laughs) hello
1: she was super excited i was doing this today oh awesome yeah
0: well well, hopefully we'll be able to get broken here one of these days as well
1: that'd be awesome
0: so drag her out speaking thereof before we wrap up today um your days at lost lake in chicago are numbered i hear
1: yeah, that is true. It's like that is the most heartbreaking thing about leaving Chicago is leaving that bar behind uh, it, Those people are my family and that is my home. And we have all worked so hard together to make it this really special, special place. Um, but I don't want to be in the snow anymore. <laughs> I don't blame God, you. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, the Chicago winners, winters.
0: Chicago winters are terrible. Horrible, man. I
1: have lived in Chicago my entire life with a very brief stint in Orlando of working for Disney for a semester, essentially and you know the more i have visited the west coast the more i've realized that i belong there and need to be there Uh, i need a little bit more sunshine in my life for more than just you know a hundred days in summer boy
0: the chicago summers are beautiful though they are
1: why that's why (laughs) right exactly (laughs) get to stay through the holidays and hang out with my so you're you're going to be
0: at lost lake through january yep
1: yeah i'm i will uh, they're gonna have to pry that place out of my cold dead hands be- before I leave the city. So. Yeah, where are you was, moving to? I'm moving to Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, land, so, land of sunshine. And there's a lot of really great things happening in LA, and it's really happened under the radar because everyone pays attention to San Diego. I'm San Diego, oh, geez. San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco. I mean, San Diego is another one of those yeah. towns where people are at yeah. their own peril ignoring because people are sneaking up behind it's, and
1: it's, it's killing hard, it. it. It's hard to get recognition for hard work and, and doing good stuff if you're not in New York or San Francisco right. or sometimes Chicago.
0: People are now leaving those cities though and yeah. like starting things in other places which is really great. Yeah. Um, I always joke that people from Chicago I swear you're all brainwashed. It's like you know, when you meet Seattleites and I, I love going to Seattle but they always give you the Oh, it's great here, but it, I mean, it rains all the time. And then you go there, and you're like, "Well, well you're calling this rain? <laughs> yeah. This is mist." Yeah. Like, I think it's, I think it's just a racket to try to keep people away from like moving to a really amazing part of the country. It's very but I, the Chicago people, I feel, are very programmed from birth. Because if you talk to somebody from Chicago, you're like, "You know, how do you like living there?" And The answer is always the same. I love it. It's the best city in the country. Except for February.
1: Well, yeah, and I'm February is know,
0: always mentioned. I'm
1: going to tell you right now that winter, the winters that we have, is what keeps Chicago being having four million people rather than ten million people. Right. Um, you know, it's it's kind of got the best of everything. You've got water there, even though it's not an ocean. You've got beaches. You've got the most incredible food scene. I think you know. Absolutely, grunt, uh, wonderful food scene. Like the variety and quality of bars and restaurants is just insane you will never ever ever get culture bored.
2: music Cult-
1: for sure if you're into that kind of thing i just really just like to eat and drink so i, have- I mean that is culture right <laughs> yeah, eating and yeah. drinking. but i mean we do we have incredible art m- museums and you know incredible music venues and just a great music culture we always have so there's there is it's there's something for everybody um, but yeah, that, that month of February. The only reason that I like February is because it's my birthday.
0: Ah, gotcha. Um,
1: but then after that, it's bleak until like April. Oh, like, it's pretty... My birthday hits. And I'm like, oh, cool. I have another month of this.
0: Yeah, it's pretty biting. I don't like my birthdays anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you you will like them a lot less as you experience just keep more of them. About my
1: age. That's it.
0: Strategy. What do you mean okay. you're turning
1: 28 again? I'm like, yeah, I, I am. What, what about it?
0: Are oh, you be in LA? You're perpetually 28. Yeah, You're, I mean, bring you on, might even be able bring to bring it on down. The
1: Botox, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> right. hair dye and Botox are my best <laughs> friends.
0: Well, we'll miss you in Chicago definitely. I, I go up into Chicago quite a lot, and Lost Lake. Uh, I, I now have to be smart about um, coming to see you at Lost Lake uh, because I usually don't go anywhere else if that's my first stop, and the end of the night gets a little fuzzy (laughs) um so now i'm now i'm hitting the other bars first and making lost lake last so that i actually can still stand
1: that is wise
0: yes absolutely
1: i'll be back i'll be back in the midwest a whole bunch though hopefully knock on wood still don't i have anything 100 percent lined up but working out some things and um my heart is here my family's here my friends are here i love the midwest and always will so my goal is to be back as much as possible
0: Well, we appreciate you coming and uh, doing an episode with us here and talking aviation, Jen. And, you know, next time you come back through town after in L.A., I'm sure you'll have a lot of new things to talk about and new happenings in aviation or I'm sorry, House Spirits. um, We've got a lot of
1: a lot of really awesome stuff going on. We have a lot of whiskey in barrels right now. Um, Our our uh, Aquavit just hit the Chicago market. I would love to get it into the Indianapolis market um how yeah. many
0: markets is the, that available in at the moment is it only the in aquavit? chicago uh
1: no it's available on the west coast okay. um it's you know it's a tough sell if it's not sure a, in a cocktail at a bar nobody's going into a bar in anywhere uh and asking for aquavit on the rocks sure. or neat or whatever so everybody out
0: there if you're on the west coast look for it on the back bar the and uh, yeah absolutely um you said homestead
1: Krogstad. Oh, that's gotcha. The, that's totally, our only brand that yeah. that bears our uh, master distiller's actual name. Very cool. Yeah.
0: So look for it. Ask your bartender to put it put together a nice cocktail for yeah. you.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. So the first question in the show is, what'd you drink last night? Last question in the show, what's your best hangover cure?
1: Oof. I mean, the older I get, the best hangover cure is to not get a hangover. <laughs> um, that's
0: not even like.
1: I'm like I am the person
0: an answer. I'm a person
1: that just says no to shots uh, and I once I start to even like feel that buzz coming on I disappear. Um, but I if I, in the rare I'm a case, big fan of that. I in, do that yeah, myself. In the rare case that I do overindulge um, at emergency a super B pill vitamin lots and lots and lots of water 10 hours of sleep. And Ten hours. I mean, I'd do my best.
0: That's the recipe. That's the Aaron Hayes recipe for your hangover cure. Let us know if it works. Let us know <laughs> yeah. if it doesn't work. <laughs> Ten hours sleep should definitely work.
1: <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> greasy breakfast helps, too.
0: There we go. Any uh, preferences if you're in the Chicago area? Where the best bre- greasy breakfast? Uh, oh,
1: man. There's some, there's some great, great spots. Dove's Luncheonette has uh, a fried chicken, like chicken fried chicken kind of thing that it will set you right on your way. Um, man, yeah. I, anything at lula cafe it's not greasy it's healthy but it will make you feel good from the inside out it's the best um yeah those are my two of my go-tos excellent
0: well there you have it folks
1: drink more gin everybody
0: erin hayes with aviation and House spirits look for her for her on the west coast coming soon uh, after january and still popping around in the midwest talking gin and talking cocktails so until next time arthur
2: um, just a reminder per uh, the last episode Indie Mixture tickets are on sale now, September 16th and 17th, 50 bucks a night or 85 for both. Come out, hang out on Georgia Street, uh, drink Indiana breweries, eat Indiana food, and then go around and check out cocktails at 20 different accounts. IndieMixture.com.
0: Accounts, a.k.a. Damn. restaurants and bars. Oh,
2: man, got you there. <laughs> 20 different best restaurants and bars in the city.
0: Thank you very much. We'll see you uh, soon and enjoy Indie Mixture. And thank you very much for coming on the show
1: Aaron. Thank you for having me.